Good evening, everybody, and welcome to episode six of Wilbur Talks FPL, where we talk everything FPL and the Premier League in general. Apologies, as we didn't have a podcast last week, as I was actually on holiday, so had no actual facilities to record the podcast. So we're going to touch on the game week we've missed, probably just a few minutes on that, and then we're just going to move on to how we performed in the latest game week. As usual, I am joined by Charlie and Sam. We're both doing well. If we just okay, thank you. Good stuff. If we just touch on the previous game week, so what game were we on there? We would have been on game week five, wouldn't we? Um, I'm just going to touch on yours first, Charlie. Game week five, if you can cash your mind back that far, did it go all right for you? Yeah, I um, yeah, I did. I did have to go back and check because I've completely forgotten what happened. But um, yeah, I I was bang on the average, so I I got fifty five points, which was the average score. So I guess that's pretty pretty standard um started to build a bit of a trend of of captain and right player which gives me some kind of satisfaction even if it doesn't actually technically really mean anything but um Cap- captain Salah, so he, he was the player that scored the most in my team so i'm, I'm pleased with that and and when we come to this week as well the, the same thing happened there um but yeah pr- pretty good performances all around except really for for Dina. um he's <laughs> become a bit of a a thorn in my side. Um, he got an own goal, um, so I ended up with minus one. I think he got a yellow card as well, and then went off or something like that. I can't remember anymore. But um, yeah. yeah, he's he's very likely to be making way very shortly. Um, if not this week, then maybe the following week because I just can't see myself. I'm, I'm not going to get. Um, I'm going to chalk it up as a as a, a learning point, not to um, get sucked in by the potential of, of what he could offer and, and remember actually what he does offer which tends to be nothing you just have to catch him at the right moment don't you i'll go back to the famous triple captain that i did with him last season and that worked all right so you never know it can work out sometimes but yeah bang on the average for you what did you think of your game week five sam um yeah it wasn't too bad i've had like four weeks that were well three weeks that were well above average one week that was pretty average so there was going to be a retraction at some point. Um, and yeah, I didn't have the best game. We got 39 points against an average of 43. Uh, slipped quite a bit in a few leagues, but nothing crazy. Um, let down by a few big boys, saved by the Egyptian king and uh, the returning Raul Jimenez to goal-scoring form. And uh, yeah, I decided to bench Tony again, uh, which once again proved to be a, an error. Um but yeah, overall, not too bad. We have slightly gone to game week six there. I was trying to refer back to the last one. So game week oh, five. Right. <laughs> but it's fine. Um, it was best, well, he was very similar well, to Charlie's, weren't you? <laughs> I suppose that description is pretty much exactly the same until, say, oh no, even say, apart from until Jimenez. Yeah, that could have very well fit yeah. into uh, game week five. That's Just below average. Saved by Salah. And then Jimenez didn't score in game week five. And then in game week six, Jimenez did <laughs> score. So what do you know? It's basically like Jimenez and Ben Rama, just the opposite <laughs> impact. Yeah, literally. Yeah, no, apologies. <laughs> it's fine. That's a good little link onto game week six, moving straight onto it. But um, I think that game week five, obviously I'm going back to it because I think it's the only game week so far I've beat you both. Um, <laughs> so, um, but I actually benefited from the Tony side of the coin with that previous week where he got... 
12 points where Sam had him on his bench again. I also benched him then. <laughs> so <laughs> if you want any benching tips, go to Sam. Captaincy <laughs> tips, go to Charlie. But um, yeah, I what did I get? I got 64, I believe. So probably the only one above average out of us for that game week. But coming forward to this game week, now looking at my own team, I'll bang on the average with 43 points, which I think across the board, I think kind of what you touched on, Sam. Uh, there's been a lot of high-scoring weeks and there's kind of going to be a regression at some point. So my team looks like a bit of a car crash when you look at most of it. There's literally Salah again. You've got Semedo, Tony and Antonio getting a few returns, but then everyone else is one, two or three. So not much to write home about there. So we've touched on Sam's. How did your game week six go, Charlie? Um, yeah, so it went... It went okay relatively. Um, I ended up with 49, which, as you mentioned, the average is 43, so I guess I can't complain. You never feel happy with that kind of score, but when you look at the average, I guess, and, and like you say, week to week, we, it's completely different. And some weeks, everyone does really well. Some weeks, people do less well. Um, I actually think when we come on to game week seven, I, I think it's got a real potential for a really high-scoring week. But yeah, this this week was clearly a very low-scoring week, generally. Um so the small sort of wins really helped. So, for example, I captained Antonio. Um, and, yeah, that's a bit of an interesting game. But I, I I just have this feeling now with Antonio that he just needs that one good chance and he'll put it away. So even though it, I think he only scored very, very late on, maybe beyond the 85th minute, maybe later, um, I still had some confidence in him to get something because as long as they can create a chance for him, I think he, he puts it away. So... He's very likely to feature in my thinking for captaincy this coming week. Um, yeah, Salah getting his goal as well, and Rafinha, they were kind of my main main point scorers. Dina did actually, despite me just slagging him off, did get a clean sheet, which was something, okay. I guess. Um, and then Connor Cody getting his um, bog standard six points, which is what I've got him in for. So, yeah, generally pleased. Um, but, yeah, I'm expecting a lot more points coming in next week. Yeah, I think Dinier's just done that to you, hasn't he? You just thought about taking him out and then he's like, I'll just put a clean sheet in there just to put a little bit of doubt in your mind. But... Oh, there's no doubt in my mind he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think, like you said, well, when I'm looking at a league table, you've obviously gone above Sam now as well. So in our little league table, that score for you has been decent. So it takes your second behind Peter at the minute. You're on... 419 sam's on 413 on 407 so like when i was looking at it, i'm like i've actually had i've not had the best week but i've actually got closer to the top than i was before so i'm, I'm happy with that average for now but like you said if we can push on the coming weeks i think the key the key point from that as well is is how tight our league is i mean the league yeah. is so like that, that's really that's basically just one week's difference potentially depending on captain choice and stuff like that. Mm. It could just be a different captain choice that, that makes that difference. So, yeah, all, all to play for. Yeah, it can just be one pick of a player as well, because I always refer back to the Ben Rama and not having him the first two game weeks. If I had him, I'd just be up with you guys at the top, really. So it can just be that one pick that makes the difference. But yeah, if we move on to the actual results from the game week, and I think we have to give Charlie some limelight. Please don't take an hour talking about the North London derby, but... <laughs> Well, a very impressive win. Well, I'm not going to say how bad Spurs were to start with, but you've got to be very impressed from the Arsenal point of view on that one, Charlie. Yeah, of course. It's. Um, I think 
there does have to be some context of it being a North London derby and then by association that just means all the players are going to be up for it especially being at home our record against Spurs at home is is crazy good I think we've lost two in about 20 years um and I, I think the the sort of flipping fortunes of both team or, or form of both teams going into the game kind of gave me some confidence as well. I, I kind of I predicted two one before the game. Um because we've seen how Spurs have kind of regressed and, and we've talked about the on the podcast before how even when they were winning Spurs' underlying statistics didn't look great. Um and then the kind of reverse of that, Arsenal started badly, but have started getting players back in. So the likes of Thomas Party coming back from injury, the new right back Tom Yasu coming in. Um and yeah, it just all kind of culminated in this one result, which was was obviously very nice to see. Um, I, I think the biggest thing I'm I'm liking about it is is just how much more settled the side looks. Last season, you wouldn't know, for example, who's going to start up front, whether Abamyang was going to be on the left, whether he's going to be up front, whether Lacazette was going to come in, whether Pepo would start. Um, whereas now, it just feels a lot more secure. I think, particularly defensively. That back four, I think, has now played the the last three games in a row, which just hasn't happened for a very long time. We've always been chopping and changing, which is never good, particularly for defence. Um, and I think, yeah, that that, that front four now, and, and it's something Mikel Arteta has talked about a lot about having Aubameyang up front behind him, three really technical players in Smith Rowe, Odegaard, and Saka. It just works perfectly for for how they sort of link up, and and that was that you could see that in all three of the goals. It was some form of link up between the four of them. Um, so everything just seems to be clicking with them and and having that backed up by actually having a, a, a defense you can rely upon. So particularly Tommy Asu, I think has been a sort of fan favorite. I, I, it's been a long time since we've had a right back that can actually defend. So it's nice to see someone that can, can come in and do, I, I've, I don't think he lost a single aerial duel. He's so good in the air. I think he's 6'2 or something, which is obviously a bit different to your standard right back. And, and there's been talk about how he can play centre back as well. So that's kind of quite obvious to see from how he plays. Um, and yeah, Thomas Party as well. I, I, he just looks so. I think when he's in the team, everything just ticks so much better, particularly defensively. And he's able to screen them. And he's, he's by far the best tackler in the team but also just his ability to to ping balls forward and play them into the right areas as well. And and everything, yeah, everything just works so much better as a unit when when those players are in and, and it's kind of bearing out. I, I think there's a bit of hesitancy just because, like I said earlier, it's a North London derby and, and you expect the players to be up for this kind of game. It's the kind of following games where maybe it's like an away to whoever, um, Palace, we've got away to Brighton coming up, we've got Palace coming up. It's those kind of games where if if they can still kind of develop that level of interplay and 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 positivity in the squad and and playing on the front foot that's when i'll i'll really start to believe that actually okay this is this is something that's um you know that there's some kind of clear direction going on here um and then i think by the complete sort of opposite i would say about spurs really i, I think this that they were absolutely dreadful. I don't think you could pull out a single positive performance from them in this game. Um, the game plan was all wrong. It was really weird to see. So they, and and especially as they had just come off the back of, obviously they lost the Chelsea three 0 but they had started quite well in that game by being quite aggressive, and they did the complete opposite against us. And they sat back and they tried to fire direct long balls over the top into Son and um, and Kane. And it kind of 
like obviously at the Premier League now, there's at the Premier League level, there's so much analysis and stuff that's done by the teams. But it felt almost like they just hadn't done that about us because they were trying to play these long balls into Son, uh, who was marked by Tomiyasu, and Kane, who was marked by Gabriel, who are probably our best two headers of the ball in the team. Um, and they didn't try and switch it up. They didn't move Son maybe over to the right, which perhaps could have worked better. Um, there just seemed to be no flexibility or, or adaptation to what was going on in front of them, which does, we kind of talked about um, off the podcast a little bit earlier, it does make me think that there's, there will be some worries about about Nuno going forward as a manager, um, particularly as he wasn't even their first choice. But yeah, it just looked all wrong for them. I, th- I think they, 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 they won't, you know, end up, bottom half of the table but i don't expect them to, to have any real um expectations of doing anything anything good as long as they keep playing like that because it was just very poor none of them really tried to take the game by the scruff of the neck kane looks so off it, he was completely at fault for the for the third goal and um, giving the ball away and, and then just he did try to run back and, and make it make an effort to to win it back but yeah, he he was just completely non-existent. Which in North London derbies, he's normally a guaranteed person to score. He's always up for those games, and he was just completely off, of, as we've seen throughout the season. So, yeah, I, I would I would be fearful if if I was a Spurs fan because, um, yeah, the star player is not really performing, and so it's basically all on Son to do something. And he had moments, but when you've got no real. Um, creativity they're completely bypassing their midfield i don't know how they expect son to to be able to do anything with that so um yeah very very pleased with the performance and um yeah hoping hoping the team use it as a kind of platform to push on and particularly as we've got no european football i think that kind of allows that positivity to carry through into each league game and there's no sort of disruption with with having to change the teams for 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 european games so yeah obviously very pleased yeah, definitely. I think one of the points that you said about like Arsenal being really, really up for the game as well, like Spurs just they said that they didn't know it was a North London derby, they just didn't show any passion or anything, which it was disappointing to see it as a neutral, just to get a bit of competition there, kind of that first half an hour, just, it was over, wasn't it, while he was playing. But yeah, I quite like the look, well, for your team in general, I quite like that front four. I'm not overly sold by Erdegaard yet, but as you've touched on, I think party friends it together quite well if you can keep that first 11 fit you can do pretty well i'm not expecting you to get champions league but you could i could see a point where you can be the best of the rest like getting fifth place probably you might even if you get lucky push someone like united who might not do as well but you never know but yeah a lot more positive for you compared i think what you said like you and Spurs have completely turned over the last few games as well like you mentioned before the podcast, Nuno being manager of the month, and then it could get sacked, which is kind of crazy. But yeah, good for you, Charlie, on that one. <laughs> so if we talk about another exciting game, to be fair, probably the most exciting game of the weekend involving Sam's team. What did you make of your game against Brentford? Well, before we get into what was probably the game of the season, I just want to bring us back down to a touch of reality here that, uh, <laughs> Wilbur, you've just said Arsenal might finish fifth. Mm-hmm. Um, let's let's just uh, I will take whatever price you want on Arsenal not finishing in the top five. Um, let's let's just make it clear. Will, Will have, said that I didn't say that. They'll have, you'll have you'll have fun away at Brighton next week. I said you'd have a good run and keep that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure I'd make a bet on it, but um, yeah, no, sorry. Back to uh, back to serious games. Um, yeah, no, it was it was, uh, it was a good game. 
uh, the Saturday night football, Liverpool, Brentford. Uh, I thought it was a really, really good game of football. Um, obviously, a little bit disappointed not to get the three points. It does feel like two points dropped, but Brentford fully deserved a point. I think Liverpool deserved a point as well. I think a draw was a fair result. Um, some moments of brilliance from uh, both teams. Some moments of not so brilliance from both teams. Um, just end-to-end football. Caution to the wind. That's what the Premier League is all about. And yeah, still uh, still up there. Still top of the tree. Um, but yeah, no. I mean, I, th- I think there's going to be a lot of teams that go to Brentford this year and really struggle uh, just to get anything from any game there. Um, I don't think a point at Brentford is necessarily a good result before the game. I probably wouldn't have been happy with a point. Um, but given the flow of the game, um, a point was probably fair for both teams. Um, and I think going there, teams would do well to get something out of that game. Yeah, I was going to touch on that. Were you impressed by Brighton? How they, uh, Brighton, I mean Brentford, how they performed. I quite liked how, like when they were behind, they were throwing so many men forward trying to get back in the game, which is quite impressed by. I think I can't remember if it was the second or the third goal where they had like three men against Trent at the back post, and he had, yeah. had no chance there. Yeah, yeah, they reminded me of um, Leeds from last season. Mm-hmm. Just sort of uh, get men forward. We are going to score. See if you can score one more than us. Sort of attitude. Um, which is obviously great for the neutral and uh, prob- probably unsustainable over the course of a season, but we don't know yet. So, uh, you know, overall, fair play to Brentford. They put up a good show. It's a brilliant atmosphere. The crowd was rocking. Um, yeah, sometimes you just gotta got to take a point. And, and Liverpool quite, could quite easily have lost that game. Like, Tony had a goal disallowed right at the end for offside, um, which the Sky commentators were desperate to celebrate. Um, but yeah, no. Overall, it was uh, it was a decent point, not a good point. Um, but when you put it in the context at the end of the season, I'd be interested to see what results teams get at Brentford as to how that point sits in and around the rest of them. Yeah, it was a class finish by Tony. To be fair, I think part of it was to how good the finish was. But... Yeah, it, it was a good finish. It was a yeah, good finish. and it also would have helped my FPL since they had him on the bench again. <laughs> Just a quick update from the Champions League. My man Mo is back at it again. 1 0 <laughs> to the Reds, and City are losing. So that is good news. You'd love to see it. Well, we just need Liverpool to be losing, and I'd love to see it. But yeah. So I've enjoyed that it's um, just quickly touching on the Champions League the fact that it's um, a team with Mbappe, Neymar, and Messi up front, and it's gay that scores. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just typical, isn't it? Uh, I think like Ander Herrera is their top goal scorer so far this season. Like he scored so many goals, which is just ridiculous for that front line. But anyway, a bit of a tangent there. Yeah. So, so we've touched on your two teams. Can we just skip over my team? That'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. N- not a great performance. I'd argue the week before wasn't a great performance because I actually went to that West Ham game and we were obviously lucky to get away with a win, really, because a Nobles penalty at the end. I don't... There's just some... I don't like some of the attacking players that um, well I think it's the greediness in the attack I saw a lot in the West Ham game where like Ronaldo would take a shot instead of squaring an easy pass to Greenwood and then Greenwood did exactly the same in the previous game he literally I think he had seven or eight shots in that game Greenwood and none of them were in a decent position where he could have made a better chance from it so I'm not overly convinced by I've kind of hinted on it on some of the other podcasts I'm not overly convinced so just clearly missing that midfielder that we've talked about most of the time but I think arguably it was probably fair a draw in that game, maybe. 
but if anyone was going to win it, Villa, fair play to them, they did play quite well, so I've not got particularly anything more to add, except I will be looking, because United have got a diff like more difficult fixture on coming up, I will not be on tri Treble Man United for sure, I'll be getting rid of Bruno, Greenwood or Shaw, depending on how I can fit it around there. So we'll skip on from that one and think talk about some other title contenders in the Chelsea Man City game. Have you got any thoughts on that game, Charlie, and the result and from what you saw? Yeah, I think it's it's just one of those where it kind of exemplifies why the Premier League is so interesting to watch because week by week everything changes so much as the the number of different title contenders there are in the league. Um so, because Man City were off the back the previous week of drawing nil nil to Southampton and only having, I think, one shot on target, um, which was absolutely bizarre for a Man City side, especially a Pep Guardiola in Man City side. Um, and then coming in against arguably, I would, well, I would say, <laughs> I was going to say their biggest title rivals, but perhaps Sam won't like that, particularly sitting at the top of the table. Mm -hmm. um, so, coming in away to Chelsea. A Chelsea side that, that that have beaten them, I think, for the last three times they've played. Um, yeah. That must be absolutely huge for them. And yeah, I think it just kind of it is their way of stamping down their mark, saying that they're still in it. I think people were starting to to think it's a little bit unraveling this, but always just this constant talk about whether or not they can play without a striker. Um, Ironically, it was Jesus that actually got the goal. Um, and yeah, I, I, I'm not really sure what to make of it. I feel like the titles can be so close this season that it's going to be down to these kinds of games that are going to going to affect it. But there seems to be just slip ups left and right from from all the teams. So yeah, I, I, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm really enjoying it. And the fact that I, I don't think you can call it between these two teams, and and clearly that sort of slim scoreline um, exemplifies that. I think Man City were the deserved winners on the day, though. They did have a few more chances that they should have put away, as to Chelsea, but I think Man City had the, the bulk of the chances. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think it was, um, yeah, maybe some just rewards for Guardiola finally getting his um, his own back on, on Tuchel. Yeah, I think it's probably him getting his midfield self right in that Champions League final. He just got it completely wrong. Mm. Um, but yeah, I have to agree with you there. Like, I think it was kind of a result that City needed. Just obviously, we haven't forgot about them, but it was just kind of a statement result, especially it being away from home. Just kind of puts them to the top of your thoughts again. Like we're still here. Not that they've ever gone away, but definitely still, who I'd be predicting to finish first. But a long way to go. What did you make of probably your two closest title challenges, Sam? Well, yeah, I think there's absolutely no denying that either City or Chelsea have to win the league this year. Uh, they've spent outrageous amounts of money in the summer. Um, they are technically the two best footballing teams in the league, uh, probably the best attack in the league against the best defence in the league, if you put them on paper. Um, Chelsea bottled it, unfortunately, at home. A really good chance when they were um, in a good run of form, not conceding many goals to to put in a performance that really shows where you're at against teams in and around you and uh, and they choked a bit really and not one shot on target in the whole game for Chelsea at home um, if you're pushing for the title is is not good enough so 
Um, I've been really complimentary of Chelsea over the start of the season. Um, I think they've played the best football in the league over the course of the first six games. Um, but yeah, they were really poor against City. And uh, yeah, never write off Man City. They'll be there or thereabouts at the end. It's going to be a long season. Um, and Chelsea will hope that it's just a bit of a blip, I think. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if Chelsea can do it over that long season. Because I always argue that the Champions League is easier to win than the league. So they need to extend that form over 35, uh, 38 games. So I'd still, in my ranking, it's still City favourites, then Liverpool and then Chelsea's. I'd slightly argue. I think you're trying to play down Liverpool's chances a bit there, Sam, with your <laughs> comments. With, no, I, 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 Liverpool, have got a gr- Liverpool have got a good chance of winning the league. If Liverpool mm. win the league this season, it'll be one of the Champions League, one of the champions performances of all time, if that's even a, a phrase, um, where you're going up against two super spending powers in English football um, who can just, you know, put the money on the big players season in, season out. Um, you know, that they should they should win it. Um, before the season, no one was talking about Liverpool um, when they were predicting league winners. I think pretty much everyone had City down to retain it. And then towards the end of the window, after Chelsea picked up Lukaku, a lot of people were sort of on that on that Chelsea hype, if you like, coming off the back of a Champions League win. Um, I, I think if you look at it, it would be way more of a disappointing season for either a Chelsea fan or a Man City fan if they didn't win the league than for a Liverpool fan if, if we didn't win the league. I see where you're coming from. <laughs> we might agree or disagree on that one. I'm not sure I'd rank Chelsea the same. I understand if City didn't win the league, they'd also be disappointed. I'd argue slightly about, about Chelsea, even though their fans will hype it up a lot with the Champions League. But yeah, I think whoever wins it will say they've won one of the most competitive Premier Leagues I've ever seen with that top three, top four kind of competition. I'm sure people probably put it on the CV saying they beat Ronaldo in a season either way. So, <laughs> yeah, I think it's a good, well, I think it's a best position for Charlie as the neutral to be able to sit back and watch them all. I think at some point, my United fans might end up as a bit of a neutral if we fall off in fourth, but I'm not going to rule us out yet. We'll see how that one goes. Was there any of the fixtures from the game week wanted to touch on that anything stood out for you, Charlie? Um, I guess just quickly a couple of um Wolves getting their first win of the season. Um we've all kind of this is more from an FPL perspective, but all kind of gone heavy into Wolves because of their um because of their good fixture run. So it's good to see that starting to turn into actual actual results and not and also it's just nice to see him there scoring as well. Um, clearly, there's been something off about him, potentially because of his um, awful injury that he that he suffered. But yeah, it's just nice to see him get back on the score sheet. And and you feel like with him in his firing, then that really boosts their prospects massively because we we've seen in previous seasons how it it kind of just relies on him really to get the goals. Um, and if he can score, then they are usually a, a good defensive side, so they can usually keep them, the other teams out or, or keep them limited to the number of goals they score. So, um, yeah, I thought that was just nice to see. And then also just the Leeds-West Ham game. Um, I thought um, West Ham were the deserved winners. I think Le- Leeds were always going to struggle with their defensive injuries. Um, but, yeah, it's just my man, Antonio, again, just so reliable. Um yeah, I, I just completely fancied him against that Leeds um, injury-struck defence, and um, he came up, and, and it was also nice to see as well. And, and I think this is maybe a sign of things going forward. If Bamford remains out, I think he's meant to be out for a couple of weeks. 
but literally all of Leeds' um, attacking potential just goes through Rafinha. That's the only real option they've got for conjuring up anything. Um, so I'm, I'm pleased, despite the fact that they've got a few injuries, I'm pleased that I've got Rafinha in my squad. And, and again, I'm sure we'll talk about it towards our Game Week 7 and potential wildcards. Um, I think Rafinha is a must-have because of, I just think he's so crucial to that team going forward. Yeah, I think at the minute it's just like Rafinha or nothing, isn't it? And I, I would actually be like targeting Leeds if you've got attackers who are playing Leeds because they've got barely any defence. And they always seem to have like a 2-2 two, two, or 3-3 three, three in them as well. So can benefit from both sides there. I think as we touched on earlier as well, Sam's happy with Jimenez to get in his first goal since he's got him in his team now. And it's similar to what Charlie said, it's really good to just see him scoring again, isn't it? You, I think you could see the big relief on his face when he scored that as well. I quite I like Wolves more away from home than at home, which is surprising given the fans being back. But their defence is quite solid, and I prefer when they sit back and attack on the counter when they're at home against smaller teams. That they don't look, I say smaller teams, more people who sit back. So I think the last game against Brentford, they didn't do particularly well. But I found out by Brentford, so you wouldn't expect it. But I prefer Wolves fixtures away from home and. Semedo again missed another big chance, which is fantastic to see. But in fact, he's going to be one of those ones that I keep all season, isn't he? And he's not going to score once or get any attacking return. But we'll see with that. Did you want to touch on anything we've discussed on those games, Sam, or any of the fixtures? I pretty much covered it. Um, yeah, covered it well. Yeah, I think it's a good point to mention our kind of three-way bet that we had as well. And Do we have to? <laughs> to mention the Dama race performance. Um, I, was lo- I was looking at the points because uh, we put the bet in like three week, three game weeks ago and I didn't even bother adding up to Ray's points because I just knew he was last. <laughs> you, you know what's worse than him not getting points is the fact that their goalkeeper got an assist before he did. <laughs> so that just really, um, yeah, really rubs it in. That is humiliating really, isn't it? So... Surprised, well, not surprisingly, at the minute I'm quite clear on those um, points thanks to Saar getting two goals and one goal in the last two fixtures. So Saar's currently on 26 points, Gray's on 15, and I didn't even look at Adamas because I knew it was so low, but I will keep recording Adamas. He's probably on about Just five. Two points times however many game weeks we've had. Yeah, well, I'm thinking five. Two lots of two and then one coming off the bench. So not much further than that, but yeah, you never know. We might get one someday. He's got to convert that XG at one point, or not, as we've seen so far. Yeah, I think that will do it for looking back. So we will touch on, as we do in the middle every time, a bit of a quiz. Try not to make it too long with certain Champions League games on that we might want to catch the end of. But I've tried to finally do a quiz on this season's information, so... We'll see how this one goes. So do you both know, well, you don't know how, have to know how it's worked out, but the bonus point system, which basically works out the bonus points. So the first round is on that. So you can get bonus, you can get points on the bonus point system for various things like completed passes, obviously goals, assists, etc. So you, do you understand what I mean when I say the bonus point system? Yep, yeah. 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 So rather than like getting three bonus points, I'm on about the score they got to get those bonus points that you see on the bottom of the FPL page. Yeah. You get what I mean by that? Yeah. Yeah, good. I just wanted to make, make sure it was clear so there's no debate before we started. 
Yep, that's fine. Right, so I think I'm. I've got so it's Liverpool against Arsenal here. So I'm gonna let Sam go first because I think his is easier as a Liverpool fan compared to Arsenal's. So I need you so far this season on the first six game weeks, Sam. I need you to name the top five Liverpool players on the bonus point system. If you give if you give me them in the right order, you will also get a bonus point. So n name all five, you get one for each, and then if you get them in the correct order, I'll give you a bonus point. Wow, okay. So, uh, so you might want to think about what start now? Yeah, so if you start now, I'm not putting you on a timer, but so if you start with the highest first. Okay. I won't, I won't tell you till the end if you've got them in the right order. Well, I think the highest is Trent, so I'm going to start with him. Trent is correct, uh, but I'm not. That is, is a correct answer. I'm not telling you. It's yeah, that's order. okay. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, Trent Salah. Yep. Uh, Van Dyke. Yep. Um, Jordan Henderson. That's incorrect. Um, so you can have one more guess to get a point, but you won't have got them all for the bonus. Allison. Yeah, that's right. So you got four out of five. You got the top four, and the fifth one was pretty close between Matip and Jota, and Matip was fifth. They get a lot of points passing around the back. Yeah, should have thought um, I thought Henderson getting a lot of points passing it sideways, you know. <laughs> yeah. so, so actually, <laughs> top was Van Dyke. Okay. Uh, but, so it was Van Van Dyke, Salah, Trent, and then Allison. Okay. Out of the four that you gave and then Matip and Jota in sixth. Right. So you got you get four points still for that. So yeah, not too bad. So over to you, Charlie, which I would argue is slightly more difficult using Arsenal. And I'm going so you've got a slight help with this one. So the fifth placed player, there's two on the same amount of points. So I will give you the point for either of those, if you get either of those right. That okay. makes sense. So. Um, okay, so starting from, from top. Yeah. Um, well, I would... We've not scored a lot of goals, so I'm I'm, I'm going to assume it's not going to be an attacker that's top. Um, so looking at defence or keeper, well, Ramsdale's not started all the games, so it's going to be one of the defenders. I would argue Tierney's the most involved, so I'm going to go Tierney as top. Correct. Um, am I? I'm just going to name the others. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, if it, well, you can keep doing it in order and see if you get... I'll tell you if you got the okay. order right at the end. I'd, um, the rest of the defenders aren't as involved. So it's whether or not they would have equaled someone like an Aubameyang or Saka or something. Um, I'm going to go Saka second. Correct. Um... 
third, I would guess. Well, going on the similar logic of centre-backs, I would say Ben White is going to be most involved centre-back. Correct. Um, I would guess the next one, I'm trying to think just who's most involved in doing stuff. Smith Rowe, number four. I think that's number four. And then... Correct. Fifth one, you said there's joint between two. Yeah. I think I've got to go and attack, I would say, Bamiyang. Yeah, that's correct as well. So you got five. It, it, the, the last place was joint with Bamiyang and Gabriel on 69, oh. and you were so close to getting them in the right order. Oh, <laughs> you got, oh, you got White and Smith Rowe the wrong way around. So it was oh, Tierney, okay. Saka, Smith Rowe. White and then Abamyang and Gabriel. I was uh, just running on the log the centre back logic. Yeah, because <laughs> I before. think did White miss a few games? I think I don't think. Yeah, that's a good point. Every game. So yeah. I think that's the same with Gabriel as well. Because I think if Gabriel played every game, he probably would have got more than Abamyang yeah, as well. Probably true. So yeah, so that's five to Charlie and four to Sam. So you both did quite well on that. But then, so then we've got a second round, which so. We're going to be talking about wild cards after this, or potential wild cards, and I think midfielders is one of the places we're going to have a lot of debate. So I've got the without looking, don't be looking at any FPL pages here because it'll give you away straight away. <laughs> um, so I've got the top twenty scoring midfielders so far this season. So how this round is going to work? As Sam is losing, I'm going to let Sam go first. You both take it in turns to answer. If you get one wrong, you're still in the game, but you, it goes to the next person and it goes back to them. So I'm going to let you guess till you get to a point where you're getting a bit stuck. So it gives Sam a chance to get back into it because if Charlie gets the like gets one wrong, then it will go back to Sam anyway. So he can. It's up to twenty points between you both. That makes sense. Yep. Yeah. Top twenty. You said. Yeah. Top twenty. Yeah. So okay. I'll give it's you big leeway. Yeah. So I'm going to tell you the top amount of points and the bottom amount of points but I'm not going to give you any information after that as we go through I'm not going to tell you what place they are in that 1 to 20 so the top scoring midfielder has got 57 points and the lowest scoring midfielder has 26 so over to Sam okay well let's start with uh, Mo Salah correct that feels an obvious one um <laughs> Let's go with Greenwood. That's correct. Ben Rama. That's correct. Um, Bruno. Correct. Ogba. Correct. Um, I, I was actually looking this guy up the other week, um, Decoure. Correct. Ferran uh, Torres. Correct. Uh, Diego Yota. Correct. 
Rafinha. Correct. Quick shout out to Will with Sara. <laughs> Correct. Amari, the main man, Gray. <laughs> yeah, I think you gave some that one, Charlie. <laughs> well, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, that's your memory there. Um. remember ones we've said before um yeah, if, 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 if you re-say one i'll let you off and i'll tell you if we've said it okay. before i'm not that oh, harsh that um, so, so we've had 11 so far there's nine left someone that i'm look maybe a potential on the wild card gallagher correct for damari psychic andros townsend correct i don't believe we've said sadio mana yet that is correct. We've not said him either. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Son. Correct. My man Saka. Correct. You got four. Nice. Got four left. Okay. Hovacic. Mm. Correct. Yes. What? <laughs> When's he ever got points? Goals, mate. He, yeah, he got a goal, goal yeah. in. Yeah. He got like a goal and assist in the same game. Yeah. <laughs> um. Three left. We. We must be talking like limited points at this point. What did you say the bottom was? Twenty something. Twenty six. 26. That's like, what, like two goals and nothing and appearance points. Yeah, um, I'd argue Torres got most of his points in one game, so you can defend <laughs> how you do. Um, the cheap alternative to Ben Rama, four nouns. Correct. Been hyped up recently. So I've got two left. Flipping coins now. Mm -hmm. I think now we've got one coins. just to put it on there. We're flipping coins <laughs> between one Palace player and one Brighton player. Benteke, you're right. It's Benteke. Off the back of his penalty last night, I'm going to go for Zaha. Correct. So we've got one answer left. One. If you get it wrong, Charlie, it'll pass over to Sam. Oh, I haven't got it, by the way, so... <laughs> <laughs> I'll, be go, I'll, be go, I'll be going for the Brighton player. Warpress. <laughs> That's not my <laughs> guess. <laughs> um, what's, what's, the, what's the point scoring if, if Sam gets this, by the way? Because uh, 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 I've already had 5-4, right? Yeah, so at the minute you're tied. If you get this, because Sam's winning by one point on this and you won by oh, one okay. point on yeah, the last one. Okay. So if you win this, well, if you get this one right, then you win. If neither of you get this, <laughs> then we go into the um, um, the final bonus round, which we'll probably still draw on. Um... So I think I'm going to give you both. I think it's quite difficult, but I'm not going to, I don't want you to get it. I'm going to give you both two wrong answers. 
So, okay. but if you get it wrong, then it goes to Sam. So, all right, like back and forth. Okay. Yeah. I am gonna take a stab at Grealish. Incorrect. So it goes over to Sam. So you've had one wrong answer. I'm gonna go. Yeah, I, d I don't know if this is right, but I was flipping a coin between this guy and Zaha. I'll go for Trossard. Incorrect. Ugh. Back to Charlie. So this is your last guess, Charlie. No. Hmm. <laughs> I think I. Because there's been players that I've been looking at for my squad. I feel like. I should be using one of those names because I'm going to put them in if they've been doing well and therefore they should have some points. Um, fair play if you're playing this guy in your squad. Fair play. That's all I'm saying. Well, that's throwing me. <laughs> <laughs> there's a name. Hmm. There's a name on thank you i think i'm just gonna go for it and this is a bit of a shout out to the chat i'm gonna go with tournaments because of hills in the chat i think that hint might have helped you but it is tillamans yeah what a shout out the bag <laughs> I, I think he's, i think he's an all right pick actually he, he's played every minute and he's got a goal and two assists so wow i would never have got anywhere near tillamans lesser of a bit <laughs> he, woeful this season yeah, yeah they're, they're they've they've in terms of going forward anyway at least they get some goals and, and he tends to be involved whenever something's happening so yeah, well done yeah, well done that, that, that inspiration by Hills in the chat is aren't you there <laughs> I'm not yeah, sure that, 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 did, that did make me think <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that clue might have gave you a slight help but I don't think it was the biggest help <laughs> it might have thrown you slightly off some of the random ones you've been a pick for your wildcat but but yeah so that's Charlie the winner there by one point based on that first round. Tied it up overall. Yeah. That's what I said. You're going to draw overall, aren't you? We're going to have to have like a, a showdown. A super <laughs> yeah, we're just going to have to have a quiz episode, the last one of the season, just to decide who wins. <laughs> but yeah. The halftime goal flash of the Champions League. Liverpool are two up against Porto. Man City are continuing to lose. And Real Madrid are losing at home to Sheriff Tiraspol. Love <laughs> the sheriff. That's all you wow. can say, really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's coming all right for Sam so far, should we say there? Um. So we'll move on to the kind of main topic that we kind of wanted to discuss about wildcarding, as I know it's on a lot of people's thoughts for, especially game week seven, maybe even game week eight. So I think we'll go to Sam first because I feel like. From our previous discussions, Sam may be close to it either this week or next week. So what are your current plans in terms of wildcard, Sam? Yeah, so I was a little bit disappointed with my score this week. And my initial reaction was just a wildcard this week. Mm -hmm. But I really, really like the wildcard after the international break. So if yeah. there's any chance I can hold this week and maybe just take like a four-point hit if needed to save the flexibility after the international break... Um, I might just do that. But there are a lot of fixtures this week that really, really make me think that the wild card is just like the one to go like Chelsea at home to Southampton. I'm currently going into that fixture with no Chelsea players. Um, just there's a lot of holes around whether or not Trent is going to be available. We didn't travel to Porto this week um, with Liverpool. So 
no one really quite knows what's going on there. Shaw came off at the weekend. Don't know whether he'll be he'll be playing against Everton. So if I can work it so that I don't have to play the wild card this week, I probably won't now. Um, and we'll hold it for next week because just the value of having it after the international break, I think, is potentially greater than playing it this week and one of the guys you bring in getting injured. Yeah. And just to address two of those injury doubts that you kind of just touched on. So on Shaw, there, he hasn't been training, but they're going to see if he can make it for the Villarreal game, which I can't see him being risked in. So yeah. I think there's a chance that he should be fine for the weekend. I don't think they'll risk him in the Champions League, and I think he'll be back for the weekend. That is my initial thoughts from what Ollie said in his press conference. Um, because they said they'll try to do everything they can to get him into the Villarreal game, but I don't think he should really be risking him. So he's not that far off fitness, so he should be okay. The latest news I saw about Trent, I think there was a quote from Klopp before the Champions League game that said the injury was more serious than their first thought. And people, this isn't from Klopp himself, but people have said around a free week. So we would miss the City game, but maybe, maybe the one after the international break, but not much further than that. So that is what's been said currently. And I've seen that Trent's status has been updated on the FPL um, website to reflect that comment as well. So I think currently there's more doubt about Trent making this game week than there is sure. That is the latest. Interesting. Interesting. Well, to be fair, Trent against City is a less attractive defensive yeah. proposition than uh, Shaw at home to Everton. Either either one's probably going to concede. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, with Ailing out as well, that really literally takes me down to the bone of Marcel, Shaw and Liveramento, mm. who's at home against Lukaku, and that's not exactly an appealing thought either. So um, I think it might be just a patch-together team this week <laughs> and then wildcard next week. Yeah, I can say one of the main reasons I've got that I wanted to say about the potential wildcard that I feel people might... We're trying to hold it to eight, but the, these all these injuries that are coming up might force a lot of people to do it in seven. So, for example, I've got Bamford in my team. Rafinha, there's still a bit of a doubt if I wanted to bring him in. There's Shaw, Trent that you've touched on. I think there's someone else even in my team who's flagged. So there's a lot of flags going around, and like you said, I'm currently relying on Brownhill to get me some points to get me a full 11. So it's not an ideal situation, but I think ideally from my point of view, I'm currently not planning to wildcard in seven. I'm hoping to even go further than eight currently, but I might be forced to due to the injuries. And I'll talk about transfers because I've actually already made my transfers again week seven, hoping that I get away with them. But if some injuries go wrong, then I'm kind of forced into wildcarding because I've made those transfers. But I'll let Charlie answer the wildcard question before we get onto those transfers. So what are your plans, Charlie? So I, I'm I'm of the same opinion. I'm going to try and hold it. Um, I kind of made that decision last week for sure because I held my transfer. Um, quite a few people were transferring Bamford out. I decided just to leave him on my bench because I wanted to carry two transfers into this week. Yeah. Um, which by, you know, by by association means that I wasn't going to wildcard this week because it would have been a waste of carrying that transfer over. Um. So yeah, I kind of made my decision earlier that I, I wanted to carry it over and, and not wildcard this week. I think similarly, I'm in a position where there's a couple of key injuries where it, it almost tips me into it. But the fact that I've got the two free transfers, um, I'm, I'm not opposed to perhaps also taking minus four and then just making three transfers. Um, 
when the Trent news broke, I that actually kind of reinforces my thinking because I feel like what I can do is potentially because Trent's only risen 0.1 since the beginning of the game. So I'm considering just taking him out this week and that helps me in my move for Lukaku, who's going to be the main kind of person that I'm bringing in, which is likely yeah. Lukaku's like to come in for Bamford. Um, but the flexibility of keeping the wildcard means then I can bring Trent back in once we get confirmation of he's, he's mm-hmm. going to be coming back in. And that feels like a move that a lot of people aren't going to have the ability to do necessarily or or, or would feel too risky about doing it if they didn't have a wildcard to be able to just bring him back in because that's a lot of funds to, to be able to get him back in. So keeping the wildcard allows me to do that. And like Sam said, I, I think the best use of it will be through the international break where we're likely potentially to see more injuries picked up or, or you know, COVID things or, or whatever. So, um, yeah, I prefer keeping it to game week eight and, and even potentially, like you said, well, maybe keeping it later if possible, dependent on injuries. But, um, yeah, I can see the the appeal of, of wildcarding now to kind of jump on certain players and fixture runs um, and, and because of the injuries. But I'm, I'm going to try and play it safe and hold. Yeah, I think... With the fixtures as well, when I look at my game week seven team, I think the fixtures I've got with my current team would actually be better than some of the wildcard players that I would bring in this week. So I think outside of Chelsea, which understandably against Southampton is good fixture, but a lot of the other fixtures, I don't think I would particularly benefit. For example, if you wanted to bring a City or a Liverpool player in there playing against each other, so that's also a benefit of playing in game week eight and that big one that we've both well, we've all mentioned about the international break. I think the good thing about that as well, you can activate your wildcard straight away after game week seven and you've got two weeks as well to make the most of price changes, which is a good way to gain some value at the same time because there'll be a lot of price changes in that period. And as we mentioned with the injuries, I think before we get onto the wildcard, then we've kind of all touched on it there. So if you was making your transfers now, Charlie, you you just said you've got two without getting any added news at this point in time, what transfers would you be making? Um, so the likeliness is Bamford for Lukaku and Trent down to whatever that leaves me with. Um, with the idea of probably playing... I, I think if I'm going to do that move, it, it's I've got to make a decision on playing the wildcard definitely in game of eight. Um, because yeah. I I'm, I want Trent season long. Um, I'm happy to lose him for this game if he's not going to play. Um, but I, I want him back in. So I, I think, like I did last week, I think I'm going to have to make a decision for the following week, a week early, to to, to work out what I'm going to do. If if I don't get rid of Trent, um, it will likely mean either Bruno moves on and downgrades to someone, um, or taking a minus four and, and kind of having a bit of, cl- of a, a clear out of my defense, um, getting rid of the, the people that I've talked about, like Dinia. Um, I can't raise the funds just from, from one of those. So it'll probably be two of them getting rid of them to free up a bit of funds just to help make that the Kaku transfer. Yeah. I quite like that idea you're saying the trend, but yeah, it does force you into that. You can't really carry it much further than eight, can you, then, with your wildcard? But I do like the thinking of that. That's quite quick thinking on the back of that Trent injury to do that. Um, so, Sam, have you any idea of your transfers? I feel like I might have thrown you off a bit by the Shaw and Trent developments. But if you were thinking now, what transfer or more than one transfer would you be making? Um, not really 100% sure, to be honest. I haven't really done enough research into it as to what I'm going to do next week. It 
I think a lot of it depends on if there's anything that comes out of the Champions League games this week. Um, But I definitely am going to use a transfer because I'm almost certainly going to be playing the wild card in game week eight. Um, I like the thought of bringing in a Chelsea asset just for Southampton at home. I think that's probably going to be a clean sheet. So I might favour a defensive asset, but maybe just take Trent out for one week. Um, You know, Brentford away next week for Chelsea probably isn't going to be gift wrapped and they go Norwich at home Newcastle away so Lukaku is going to be coming in in game week 8 for sure um, but I mean that's in like certainly not actually for Luke Shaw but um, yeah I, I think a Chelsea player is probably coming in this week yeah so, well so I, I mentioned I've done my transfers already so I've also I've already added a Chelsea player to my team in hope that we don't get any injuries to come, so I've done Bruno and Bamford to Rafinha and Lukaku. So I'm I'm taking I, I caught it before Lukaku's price rise as well, which I wanted to do. So I've kind of put my eggs in my basket already, and I'm hoping for no more injuries. I need Trent or Shaw to be fit realistically to pull it off, and hope Rafinha's slight knock, which he's been playing with, is okay. But I'm quite happy with those I think we touched on it earlier with Charlie that Rafinha is kind of a must-have especially with Bamford out and then we mentioned Chelsea as well Lukaku they'll probably come in and most likely be captained as well so I think there's a good benefit of that transfer for now and that's building up those Chelsea assets to try and avoid having to wildcard with a potential maybe defender the following week but I, I quite like City's run as well so I'm very conflicted between, after the international break, uh, Chelsea or a City defender if I'm only going to do one transfer. So, And there you go, put my cards on the table. You know what I'm doing already, guys. So you, you, can, you can do what you like with that information. <laughs> but yeah. well, one player who will almost certainly be coming in for me after the international break is Cancelo. Mm. Um, it's an unbelievable start to the season. and Probably frustrated myself I didn't stick to my, what I thought I should have done and picked him at the start. Um, but yeah, he will almost certainly be coming in. Yeah, it is the big one. I think if they didn't have Cancelo and you had like Zinchenko and Walker playing at fullback, and like Cancelo was out or something, I don't. I think I might just avoid City's defence for that run. But Cancelo is just an unreal asset at the minute. So he, it's Cancelo or a Chelsea defender as my transfer after that, probably barring any injuries. Like that Trent one might throw some spanners into that as well. So. We'll see how it develops, but I've gone early and hopefully it works. Uh, what I was going to say about, um, I think I was slating a few weeks ago, having Tony in my team as my only fit striker, but I quite like Tony now because he's been doing quite well the last few weeks. And I think from game week, is it 10? They've got a decent run as well. So I'm quite, I've warmed to Tony now. And I've sat in my team for that long. So I think he was one of the ones I was moaning about when, kind of like what Sam said, when he had a bad week. I think I had a bad week. I think it was on the last one. I was like, shall I have this wild card now? But I've warmed to certain players now, so they're going to stay for slightly longer, hopefully, barring injury. I think that kind of discussion links well into the wild card discussion. So I think we'll start with the defence. Let me try and get my team up at the same time on the stream for everybody. So I know you said, Charlie, that you've kind of prepared a bit of a wildcard draft for us to have a look at as well. I've actually just gone on the FPL website and now my team looks horrendous because I've got four yellow flags. But because <laughs> the trend status is now updated, unfortunately. Um, 
So if we start with defense, Charlie, if you was on a wild card, what defenders would you be going for? Um, so yeah, this is by no means locked in, but I've I've put Trent, Rudiger, Cody, Ailing, and Livermento. Um, I think it offers a kind of nice blend of the kind of um, players that aren't going to go anywhere. So the likes of Trent and Rudiger are basically just going to play every week, regardless of who they're playing. And then a nice sort of rotation. Obviously, it depends on Ailing's injury, but I would kind of pick and choose between the Leeds defence at that price. Um, Cody with the nice fixtures and Livermento, I think, is probably the best option at that price for the like below. I think he, he's now 4.2, but that, that kind of price will below. Um, given Southampton's fixtures, I, I think he would be an ideal sort of backup in case one of your defenders doesn't play. So I, I think that or that obviously does hinge on the fact that you're doing it now and not a bit later when I'd maybe go for Cancelo instead um, and try and work him in somehow. But I think, yeah, wildcarding this week, that's the team I'd go with. But obviously, yeah, the Trent news came after that. So maybe I'd do something different around that. But I think that's, yeah, a fairly um, set defence going forwards if you were good to go with that. Yeah, I think that, that main area that I was thinking when you said that was the um, City defender which is probably the main difference between our twos. And obviously, I, I've got Trent in mind as well because we did it slightly before that news. So what I was thinking was Trent, Rudiger, the same as you. So so did you think you'd keep ailing in your team? Well, yeah, I think just based on purely based on fixtures. Now, obviously, okay. there's all these injury um, worries and the fact that they are leads and that they tend to just yeah. concede goals for fun. Um but yeah, I, I think I still have some faith in them, given the the games they've got coming up to to keep some, and it would only be purely on a rotation basis. I, I'd only be playing three defenders each way, week in the team that I've built, okay. um, and therefore I would only yeah maybe need him once every couple of weeks at most. Um, so yeah, it, it would just be kind of a, a nice rotation option if needed. Yeah, I think I'd argue just probably better options for that price given Leeds' shoddy defence, but. That's up for debate, isn't it? Really, that, that was the, when you said you'd line up. I was like, I kind of agree with the structure of the rest, not really with that one. So, what I've got, which is on the street, um, stream and on the screen, so I have Livermento as well, Rudiger, Trent, instead of Cody, I had Semedo, and then instead of Ailing, I've got Cancelo, because that was, we kind of touched on with Cancelo. That just, I think, even in that Liverpool game, we could still get something. So, yeah, but I think when you're on a wild card as well. Obviously, you're planning for that game week, but you've got to think long-term as well, so you don't want to be booking in that transfer next week to bring in that City defender, so I quite like the idea of getting in on it now. If you were wildcarding Sam, would your defence be much different to those suggestions? Anyone else you would have had in there? Can you hear Sam, Charlie? No, lost him. I think we've lost him now. Hello. Hello. Oh, there you go. Yep. <laughs> back. You're back. <laughs> back. Sorry. Um, yeah, so I don't think it'd be too different. Cancelo and Trent, shoe-ins, um, flip a coin between Rudiger and maybe Marcus Alonso um, mm. as a Chelsea option, and just because probably offers a little bit more attacking threat. Um, Marcel. I don't really see any reason to take him out at this point. And then Liveramento's in there as like the enabler and he's getting minutes. So no real reason to change that. Keepers will stay as they are for the season. 
Yeah, so if you was going, then if we move on to midfield, Sam, what kind of players and structure would you be going for in midfield? Um, I mean, basically Salah and not sure, probably not Bruno, I guess <laughs> is the, um, the formula. It's a bit of a strange one, but um, I'm just trying to literally flick around with like a, a team at the moment. And I think Salah, I, taking jo- um, Simicas out earlier in the season because I wanted the flexibility of the third Liverpool option, Having Jota and Salah both playing as strikers for Liverpool um, as midfield options is just almost too good an opportunity to turn down. And there aren't really like an absolute screaming number of players, like alternatives in those positions to really uh, to really go for. So I'd probably, I'd probably say Salah and Jota both make the cut, probably keep Ben Rama in. Yeah. Um, and then it might be the time to change from Greenwood. Um, Probably uh, it's blanked for a few game weeks in a, in a row now. Um, so maybe like an Ismail Saar, um, maybe even like a Grey or Townsend, um, something like that. Yeah, does your um, team, Charlie, kind of fit along those themes as well? You've got that. Well, I'm assuming we've all got Salah in there, just to take that talking point out there. Yeah. <laughs> um... My team follows quite similarly to what you've got up on the stream, Will. Um, So Salah and Rafinha are the kind of first names that I put in. Um, The kind of mid-priced option, I was kind of toying between a few. You've got Greedish there, and and that was someone that I was considering for that Man City run. Because I think if you're going to go any of the attacking options, I think you go him. De Bruyne seems to be more of a regular starter, but at that price now, you can't really fit him in. Um, so I think I'd tempt to go Grealish. I did have a look at Mount potentially, but I think there's some again mm. an injury doubts around him and, and whatever. So I think he, if he were an assured full full fitness and back in the starting lineup a few times, then maybe you'd consider Mount. Um, I had Saka as well. You've got Smith Rowe there. I went with Saka. I just feel like um, he's worth the extra money over Smith Rowe if you're going to go. For them, obviously, they're both they're both a bit of a punt. To be fair, based on their previous mm. sort of goal scoring records or, or points returns, but given the fixtures, given the kind of form of late, and between the two of them, I think Saka is much more involved and has a much better end product than Smith Rowe, who I, I feel like, if anything, it's most likely to be Smith Rowe assisting Saka scoring um, of the two. Um, and then yeah, I just got a four point five. Uh, bench player so yeah pretty similar to what you've got really and then you've got Gallagher there I can see who again was in my thinking but I think is someone I would bring in later down the line um Palace have on and off fixtures for the for the moment but then I think around 11 game week 12 11 somewhere somewhere around then starts to get much better and I think about bringing him in then yeah I think very much with my team some of them are there for a few fixtures down the line, how I've structured the team. Well, at the minute, you can include Foster as well. Like all this team would be starting games and getting hopefully ninety minutes, but most of the minutes you can obviously debate about Greenwich getting rotated. But so that allows me to put Gallagher or whatever on the bench. But then they might get stung by some bench points. But there are certain ones Gallagher that you can bring in out of the team matches all right with Smith Rowe as well. So. So they're all not going to be playing at the same time. Sam mentioned Ben Rama as well. Would what do you think about Ben Rama, Charlie? Would you be getting rid of him? Do you have Antonio 
in the team. So. I do have Antonio. I think Antonio doesn't leave my squad until mm -hmm. he gets injured, as yeah. we've spoken about before. I I don't think there's any team bar probably Chelsea and maybe Man City. Uh, probably definitely, actually. I think Chelsea, Man City, you don't expect him to score. I think anyone else, even Liverpool, from what we've seen recently, um, I think you could you, you could not expect, but feel like he could score against any of them. Um, so for that reason, because uh, I don't think West Ham's fixtures upcoming aren't, aren't great, so I don't think I'd want to double up. Um, ideally, I would want to... Another reason why I like keeping hold of that wild card is I think he's a great Ben Rahm is a great asset going into this Brentford game. Mm -hmm. um, for the same reasons we saw in the Brentford Leicester Liverpool game, it's going to be really open. I think the same thing will happen with the West Ham game. Um, so I still like him for this game week, but I wouldn't want him after that. So I think yeah, I, I wouldn't want to double up on West Ham going forward. And Antonio is by far the better option. Yeah, I think playing the fixture, you don't want to double up. For West Ham, but I think Ben Rama the last few games has been one of the sharpest players for West Ham. Actually, I remember making a joke before watching the United game that he didn't look very sharp in the warm up, but then like in the game, most of the attacking play went via him. Obviously, Antonio was out for that game, but he seems to have kind of really settled in that team rather than like last season. So, if you're not wildcard, and I think he's one, he can be keeping, but. It's kind of it's one of those luxury transfers, isn't it? Really, if you're on a wild card, you'd be taking him out. But if you've got him in your normal team, I'd be sticking with him. I'll be sticking with him for now. I think. I think there's other fires people need to be fighting on that regard. So I, I quite like it because I think, like when Sam says keep Ben Rama in there, I think a lot of people will get rid of him, and you could get some benefit from keeping him in there. But we'll see how that I, one goes. I think also there's no like screamingly obvious player at that maybe yeah. Rafinha but outside of that there's no real obvious pick so I think that in itself helps you choose a bit of a differential just or, or you know someone that people are coming off because the kind of ownerships can be so split between a multitude of different players around that price so um, yeah I mean it's by no means someone I'm looking to shift on um, but yeah like you say when you've got the luxury of having a wild card and unlimited transfers I, I think it makes sense just for the long term yeah, that like 6.5 to 8.5 range, there's not much really there, is there? It's not. There's kind of players that can hit a form at certain stages, but none of them are firing at the minute. So that's why I'm inclined to go for some more cheaper ones in midfield and then maybe going with a Cancelo and making sure I've got three strikers to cover that as well. But I think this is where it gets a lot more interesting, isn't it? Because you're going to see a lot more different scores when it comes to wildcard season. So. It should be a lot more range, and the league might get a bit more spread out for now. But we'll see with that. So up front, Sam, if on your wild card, would you be keeping Antonio as well, and who would you have alongside him? Yeah, so Antonio would come back in for me, and then uh, Lukaku would come in, and I think probably be sticking with uh, Benchman Tony, the uh, around the <laughs> six man, six million mark. There's a few in there like that's. See, you've got Armstrong in that one there. So that's not too bad a shout, I don't think. Um, but yeah, Tony's proven that he's he's got a bit about him at this level. So um, in the in the games where I want to switch to a, a front three, um, or particularly just want to run with the front three, I haven't really got a problem with just running with Tony. Yeah, when when I was drafting this, I very reluctantly took Tony out because it was Tony Antonio and Lukaku, and I'm like. I should really, but then he could easily tweak it to get Tony in there because only 0.3 more. 
very much Armstrong and Grealish were the ones I was could easily be changed for someone else when I was doing that. I was a bit in between with those ones. I'm assuming you, Charlie, have got Antonio and Lukaku. And I do indeed. I'm making yeah, that I'm just... assumption. Yeah. yeah, I think they're both a lock in anyone's teams. Um, the third man... I, I So I toyed with this a little bit. I, I think if he wasn't injured, I would go Bamford because I think those fixtures are still yeah. still great, especially from regardless of what you think of their defence, particularly now they're always going to have opportunities and, and score goals. So I would think I would go Bamford, but because he's got that injury, I would probably go with Jimenez, I think. Um, I had the fun to do that in, in the squad that I built. Um, and I think now that he's scored that goal, that can kind of, that's that eases some of the pressure and that just kind of allows him a bit, a bit of confidence and, and their fixtures are still good enough to, you know, for the next 10-ish weeks. Um to, to get something, expect something from. So yeah, I think he was kind of um, the best of a, of a sort of bad bunch of the rest of them. I don't. Maybe if Wilson were fit, similarly, I'd, I'd consider him. But yeah, I, I think it's just best to go with the striker that's that's fit and has just scored a goal. It, it makes sense for me. Yeah, I was tempted to do Antonio Timonez, but then that is you cannot really pass Antonio in that kind of price range at the minute. Like you said, you keep him there if he's fit when he gets an injury, which could happen, as we know, from him in previous years, but not for me for now. So in goal, Sam, who would you be going for in goal? Would you be sticking with Sanchez, who I think you and Charlie both have at the minute? Yeah, I mean, quite literally until I just saw your selection on screen, I think there's... And still, there is really no reason in my mind to be uh, changing Sanchez. Brian, I've looked pretty sound at the back. They've got a tough couple of fixtures coming up where they play Arsenal at home. Probably be challenged to keep a clean sheet in that one. Probably fancy them to keep a clean sheet at Norwich. And then they've got City, Liverpool. But then the run of fixtures after that really isn't too bad for 10 games. So probably tempted to stick with Sanchez. Um, but would maybe think about putting Foster in as the number two. Because he looks like he's going to be getting some starts for, for Watford. It's quite funny to me for the, at the minute because I've got Backman and Foster. So I'll just keep starting Backman and then Foster is coming off the bench because I've done that two kind of goalkeeper setup. So it's quite funny at the minute. It's working for me. Well, it's not working for me because they're not getting many points, but at least I've got that coverage when a goalkeeper's injured. Um, are you sticking with Sanchez, Charlie? I have, but I did put in brackets um, Ramsdale question mark. Um, <laughs> you can see you've got me in, in yours. Yeah. I, I think. It's yeah. It's I'm I'm never confident. I'm I'm probably as confident as I've ever been about as an Arsenal clean sheets going forward. But that's still not a high bar. <laughs> um, so I'd I'd be concerned. But again, we're talking about four point five of the other options. I'm I'm not expecting a lot from Sanchez. You know, maybe a clean sheet every three weeks or something. I'd be happy with. Mm. Um, and Ramsdale's made three saves in both the last two games. Um. So we 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 are a team that allows some shots on goal. So he he could also be making the save saves as well. Um, there would be a slight doubt in the back of my mind. I I I'm almost certain he's set in the team now as the as the number one. But the change from Leno to him was so quick and seemingly um, well from the outside random at least. But I guess obviously from the inside there's there's been a sort of logical plan there of bringing Ramsdale in and then making him the number one. 
I'd, I'd be slightly worried just in case that gets reversed for whatever reason it got implemented in the first place. Um, but for now, he seems to be the number one and he's been doing really well. So I, I don't see why Arteta would change him. Um, so yeah, I, I think he's a good shout, but I, I just went f- for the kind of slow and steady option of San- keeping Sanchez in. And yeah, I've got Foster as the backup just because he does seem to be playing for the moment until Backman comes back. Yeah, I feel like I've got to a position with Sanchez that I've not gone with him from the start, so I'm just resistant to get him in my team. Just <laughs> I'm too far down the line to settle for his two or six points every week. But we'll see with that one. Probably being a bit too stubborn with that. But we'll see later on. Maybe that wild card if I end up doing it later in the season, I might get Sanchez in, but we'll see where we go with that. But I think covered that quite well. That is there anything you thought was missing from that guys on the wild card? No, I think that's it. Oh, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I think with the fixtures, obviously, there's a big swing with the Chelsea fixtures. So you could argue even a double Chelsea defence maybe in there. Like if you wanted to go Cancelo to another Chelsea defender. But I think that's a quite a good structure to work with. And there's probably like one in each position you could move about depending on who you prefer. Like Grealish, just a bit of a punt for those three fixtures for City and then go from there, really. Yeah, I'll move off that screen and we will try to keep the last section a bit shorter than usual. I think we'll skip to who do we think would be the best captaincy for the next game week to you, Sam? Or well, in your current team, who you'll be going for and who yeah, if you make any I mean, transfers, the, yeah. The, the best uh, captaincy, I can't look past uh, Ron Lukaku um, at home for Chelsea against Southampton. Um in terms of my team, who's going to be getting the armband, it's a bit of a tough one. I might actually give it to Jimenez at home to Newcastle. Definitely a differential on that. I quite, yeah. I like, quite like it, to be fair. Yeah. So, so Having you... said that, I'll probably end up giving it to Salah. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even down, give it to Salah. I quite like this. I think this game week is going to be a tough one for me in general. So, um, I think going Jimenez at home to Newcastle could be, it's going to be, you know, going to be big or it's going to be bust. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, Newcastle got more holes at the back than a colander, so I think Jimenez is going to have a fair few chances. Yeah, I I like that pick, I'm not going to lie. Hopefully Semedo kind of getting a bum in a second return. Uh, I'll take it if Semedo crosses it to Jimenez. I'll give you that one, Sam. Salah is in form, though. He's just scored again. And uh, Liverpool now lead Porto 3-0. <laughs> and he, he doesn't shy away from the big games as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if he scores yeah. against Man City. Yeah, we do have a tendency to get penalties against Man City mm. at Hatfield. Um, that is one thing that, uh, you know, we had one last year and lost 4-1. So. <laughs> Same against Chelsea as well, wasn't it? And got yeah. that penalty, so we can always score yeah. in the big games. Yeah, I, yeah, think... I mean, Salah's just a world-class player. So if, you, if you've got that option, you know, it might, might be... Uh, naive not to go for it and I said at the start of the season I want to give the armband to to the big premium assets but um, Fernandez isn't exactly in form um, Salah is but Newcastle at home just looks like such a good fixture um, to back Jimenez in yeah it's one of those ones that you want to tie in so yeah that's a good one if that comes off it comes off big doesn't it that's a big yeah. <laughs> that's a really it's pain, pain. 
Cool. I feel like you've got to do those tactical ones at some point. Like you said, you've not yeah, got that many, so. got, not got that many options to choose from. So the league's so close at the minute. Anyway, like anything could change over the course of the season. So if you can get a few points in the bag now from one of these pulling off, it might help you out down the line. Yeah, definitely. And the option that you touched on, the Kaku, is currently where my armband is sat. I think I've got him captain and Antonio Vice. So I don't unless Lukaku picks up an injury or there's some doubt about him playing, it's going to stay on him. Because I, I think Chelsea are away at Juventus, aren't they? Which is quite a difficult game. That was the only thing that was putting me off doing a transfer early, but I went for it anyway. So fingers crossed for that one that he didn't pick anything up. But who will you be going for, Charlie's captaincy currently? Well, of my current team, it's Antonio. Um, but mm-hmm. that is in large part due to the fact that I don't have Lukaku yet. Um he almost certainly will Lukaku almost certainly will be coming in and it would feel silly not to captain him if I am going to bring him in um so really it's between those two I, I would have I'd make a kind of differential shout for Rafinha um at home to Watford Watford have been conceding quite a few um so I wouldn't mind him as a differential pick I actually think Man United at home to Everton isn't a bad fixture either just because yeah. I don't think Everton defensively been very good as I've been able to see many and many times with Dinia. Um but the problem being I only have Bruno so I wouldn't be, feel comfortable going to that game particularly what what happened with what happened with the penalty whether that now means Ronaldo's on penalties or, or you know whatever happens um I just wouldn't be confident with Bruno so I don't think I'd captain it if I had Ronaldo I'd consider it mm-hmm. but I don't think I'd captain Bruno and I'm likely going to end up transferring him out anyway um, so yeah, it, long story short, probably Lukaku comes in. If not, then Antonio. Yeah, very similar to my thinking. Yeah, I was kind of similar with that United kind of setup. I'm not unhappy having Shaw and Greenwood. Obviously, if Shaw's fit in that game, but the treble up is a bit too much for me, and obviously I needed to make room for Lukaku by taking Bruno out. So I think <laughs> we could have been looking at Bruno a lot differently if he scored that penalty. It's funny how one action well I think we was all looking at him differently anyway but there won't be such a rush to get him out if he hadn't missed that penalty and there's kind of a doubt if he will get a penalty because I think everyone thought that Ronaldo was going to be on penalties probably me included I think I said like 90% chance that Ronaldo will get them but I'm still I think Bruno could still be on them to be fair all the stuff that was going on around it afterwards I still think there's a doubt that Ronaldo will actually get penalties so I won't be rushing to get Ronaldo either. I was going to ask, um, Charlie just touched on Rafinha. I was going to ask you both the last question, and I was going to say to Sam, is he scared of not having Rafinha for this week, or is there any other one, any other players that he was a bit <laughs> scared of not having in his team for this week? Um, oh, as I said, I'm not exactly thrilled about the thought of having no Chelsea assets. <laughs> um, I'm more concerned about not having a Chelsea asset than not having Rafinha, to be honest. Yeah. Um, that's uh, that's my thoughts on it. Yeah, I think that's the issue, isn't it? If you're not wildcarding, then people who are wildcarding are basically bringing in triple Chelsea and jumping on that fixture and straight away. So that's the kind of thing we have to accept if we're doing it a week later or even later than that. But we can ride it out. It might be a few rough weeks, like you said, as well. So is there any one from your team as well, then, Charlie, that you're kind of scared of not having in there? Well, we'll assume that you get Lukaku in, shall we, for the benefit? <laughs> Of that. Yeah, I think that move in, in part is is because of that and, and it therefore cancels out any mm. worries I have about who I'm missing. Um, 
it may well be that the second transfer and then a, a minus four ends up being including a Chelsea defender as well. So then I'd have two out of probably long term three Chelsea players already. Um, and yeah, I think basically those fixtures we've talked about where the captaincies like to go to go in is where I'd be worried about. And I've got good coverage in most of those games, so I, I think yeah, only really the Chelsea game that I'd uh, currently of my current team that I'd be worried about. But I'm likely to use both my transfers to get Chelsea players. That is the way to go. Everyone bringing in a Chelsea player where possible. That's the best. Southampton won the win. Yeah, you imagine. Oh, <laughs> we can dream. Live. <laughs> what going to be like? Liveramento was a screamer. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, don't, don't say that. I don't even know if it could. I assume he can play, right? There's no like parent club. Uh, well, he's actually been so. sold, hasn't he? Yeah. So he's. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, sure enough. They've got a buyback clause, but it's not on yeah. loan, so I don't think they get that kind of option. Yeah, we can dream since I haven't got him. Um, but yeah, I don't think we'll touch on the fixtures too much because I'm wary of the Champions League stuff will catch. And I think the wildcard is the main bit we wanted to cover. So, unless you guys have got anything you particularly want to add on top of that, I think we'd call it there. Have you got anything to add? No, happy that. Yeah, that sounds good. Then you're out with that, Sam. Yeah, that's good. Let's see if you can get off and see if Salah grabs that last goal to get his that trick. Let's see. Let's see. <laughs> That's great. Thank you both and thank you everyone for listening. And we will see you again. Well, probably not next week because we've got an international break, but we will keep you updated and we'll definitely be back before the next game week. Thank you all for listening.